is the feminist movement has gone overactive and it's not now about creating equality between men and women. It's now become a witch hunt towards men of (laughs) fuck men. And it pretty much, if you look at it now, not every woman. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and ICF certified women's life coach. And I help women to harness the power of their period and connect to their feminine flow. In these episodes, we will be talking about all things periods, hormones, confidence, health, food, money, sex, business, feminine flow, your brain, energy, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new chicken nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are thinking but too afraid to say. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast. Um... So today I'm being interviewed by Jesse and Ruben from the Head and Health podcast. A lot of you would have listened to this, but I, of course I want to put it on my podcast as well. Great cross promotion for everybody, but also because it is such a good episode and I now like to do this a lot, as you would have seen kind of scattered throughout that I like to put part some of the some of my past interviews that I have um, being interviewed for that makes no fucking sense, whatever. I put it on my podcast when they're really good because it's great to like just reuse content. It's a time saving. Um, anyway, so this episode, some of you guys might've listened to because I did talk about it a lot on my Instagram story and it is one of the most intense interviews I've ever done and one of the best I've ever done. Now this episode is obviously two hours long. It's really long, but it is so jam packed full of insane, insane information. So whilst it is long, it is really worth listening to. Um, the sound is a little bit funny because there was three of us on a Zoom call. So just an FYI with that, just be patient with that, please. Um, but don't be deterred by the length because it was long, but fucking hell was it juicy. You know when you listen to podcast episodes and they're like one hour and you're like, I just got like literally the most surface level shit from that person in the interview. Yeah, that's not what happened in this interview. We went deep fast. So um, deep fast. Yeah, we like that. We like slow, but we like the deep, hey, and like, okay, whatever. Shut up, Monica. So anyway, I really encourage you to listen to this with open ears and open mind, Um, just like prefacing disclaimer that this may be a very triggering episode for some of you. Um, I do talk a lot about feminism and having the masculine and men uh, lead and the feminine surrender and let go and stop trying to be, you know, Mrs. I got everything under control and Miss Independent. So just a warning. Um, and I really invite you guys to listen with open ears and an open mind because everything is being said from love. Like I nearly started crying in a section because this stuff just means so much to me. And it breaks my heart when I see people living so not in alignment with their core. And you can tell that it's from a wounded place and they don't even realize it. And they think it's just them and that they have a problem or whatever. Um, and it's really sad. So please listen with an open mind and an open heart and open ears. I also would love to share with you guys that my emasculation program called like as in not emasculation program, like don't emasculate men called be a lover, not a mother, a four week program journey. What's the word? Like immersion into how to stop emasculating men and really learning how to receive as a feminine woman. It is open for enrollment. So if you're listening to this in real time, like when I'm putting this out pretty quickly, you can join and you will be able to join all four of the calls live, which means that you will get all the vibes. In fact, at least two of the calls I will be doing in the bougiest, as long as everything goes to plan with COVID, the bougiest fucking Switzerland hotel room. I have a penthouse suite and we are just, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. So we'll do the calls um, 
of an evening when we're back from our ski day. But um, it's just the hotel that I booked is fucking insane. Like we're going to have Christmas there and it's just going to be a total vibe. Um, like half the ceiling is glass. I'm just like, yes, count me the fuck in. Anyway, so not only is the program going to be so full of amazing content, the vibes and the energetic expansion is going to be next fucking level. So if you are, you know, wanting to learn how to not emasculate men, if you're wanting to, you know, be a better partner to your man, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, if you're wanting to just be a better woman for men and you're wanting to also empower men, right? There's so much female empowerment. That's great. We also need male empowerment. And a lot of women are emasculating men and that's putting them down, not making them rise into this beautiful healed masculine. So we actually have an opportunity to play a role in their growth and their personal development, which is really beautiful. So please check out Be A Lover, Not A Mother. Um, if that feels like it's calling your heart, it's going to be so fucking juicy and just so just really fun. It's going to be really fucking fun. I'm so excited to dive into it because I know that you guys always ask me about this, this stuff around men. And I love talking about all the men stuff. So anyway, I'm going to shut the fuck up now and you guys can enjoy this amazing episode. And I really hope that some of you will join me in Zermatt in the most insane penthouse for I'll be a lover, not a mother call one and two. I'm very sure we'll be doing the first two calls there. We'll be doing at least two of the calls there though. Maybe not the first one, but definitely two of them. We're live. What's going on, Monica? How you doing? Uh, not much. I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. I'm really excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this interview. Yeah, we're so excited to have you on. Um, Ruben, why don't you share a little bit about how we all got together here and and what's going on here? Yeah, Monica. So you inspired me. Obviously, I listened to Dominic Q's podcast. He was recently on ours, and you you were on. I saw the title. And I was just like, this looks interesting. I've never heard in the past a woman describe the work that you do, whether that's with men, with women. All those things you were saying on that podcast really blew me away. We talked about it on the podcast with Dom, actually. And I was like, we need to have Monica on. We need to have a woman who feels so passionate. I love your passion. Like every time I watch your stories, listen to your podcast. My girlfriend is really into your work. And she was just like, she was listening to you. And it's like, how does she have a conversation by herself and just go on for like a whole hour? That is inspiring. Cause I'm like, how do you do that? And like, it's good though. Like, you know, people do that and it can be like after 20 minutes, I'm like, I'm over it, but we can totally like continue listening to you. You have amazing, uh, you know, the way you explain things, the way, like the opinions you share are like, some of the stuff going on in the world, like all the stuff you share, I'm just like, wow, like I really love what Monica is saying. So, you know, I wanted to bring you on so that we can have these discussions and, and, and get our audience, you know, to really hear you out and really hear all the, the things that we may think are quote unquote wrong in some sense, but that it's like, wait, there's something to this, whether that's about feminism and I mean, your pocket's called feminine as fuck. So yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like, but the things you talk about, it's just like, wait, she also talks about the masculine. She also talks about men. There's no, no idea of like, I hate men. I want to kill all men or any of that. I stuff. hate that shit. Like it <laughs> fucking kills me so much. <laughs> 
Yeah. Right. And, and, that's and, to, <laughs> and to bounce off of that, like, to be honest, when Ruben first uh, shared, uh, shared you <laughs> with me, I was a total skeptic in the sense that, uh, like, I've, you know, I've mentioned this on different podcasts before, where I've been involved in, in different men's groups, and I've been involved in very, uh, for lack of better terminology, what someone would call like liberal groups and in those groups you without even noticing it until the until I came to a point where I had the awareness that there is a lot of men hate and what comes off as women empowerment is just uh, reinforcing their oppression and reinforcing uh, men being evil and stuff like that so at first I was like hold up let me check. Let me see what's going on here. And then I listened to a few of your episodes and was like, this girl is awesome because she's really talking about shit that matters. And she's talking about, you know, the gray area and nuance and when things apply and when things don't apply when it comes to the different genders and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, I was super excited to, to, to pick your brain and, and have this conversation. So uh, where I was curious with first was actually, were you... Because uh, how, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 23, nearly 24, but I'm quite oh, young. Oh, yeah. So I'm, 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 uh, I'm 23 as well. Oh, amazing. And Fuck yeah, yes. this is great. <laughs> yes, this is great. And so we grew up in a, in a similar world. Uh, and I'm curious to know, have, have you always been um, so, I guess, outspoken on men's health and, and masculinity and the importance of it? Uh, or was there a time where you sort of fell into that similar narrative? Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I love this question. And this is why I talk about it. And I'm not afraid to, because I used to be the bitch that thought all men were evil. Mm. And that was me. <laughs> and so I've always been a very outspoken person. I've never struggled heavily with like speaking my mind. Um, and that's kind of been like a trait that honestly runs in our family. Like all us kids are like very outspoken. Um, we all do our own thing. But I used to have the running thing in my head that um, next time I'm coming back as a man. And I picked it up mm. from my mom and no shame on her. She's done a lot of work on herself as well, like through my work. And it's amazing. And we're all on the same page. Um, but, you know, she picked that up from her mom. So like that's just is what happens unless you've done this kind of work and you've been exposed to it. Um, but so I picked up the idea that men have it easy being a woman is the worst thing and that all men are evil. Like that's how I, and it wasn't even that all men were evil. It was actually all men are dickheads. It was all men. Like they just want one thing. They're all douchebags. There's no good men. And that was my kind of perception for ages. Um, and then what really made me stop for well, a second. Can we actually pause right yeah. there for a second? Yeah. Cause you said uh, something that was interesting, which is you got that from your mom. And yeah. she got it from her mom. So can you go a little bit deeper into that? And what, mm -hmm. what do you mean that you got it from your mom? And how, if you could look back and analyze it, how that precipitated into your brain and became your reality? Yeah, totally. So it was thrown around as a joke. That's all it was thrown around as. And it was thrown around in relation to women having periods. And we have to have 
we deal with more shit. Like we have more things to deal with. Now I now don't perceive it as we have more shit to deal with. I'm like men are more shit to deal with. Like I could not imagine the stress of being the provider of the family. And yes, we can be modern and women can be the providers, but like, I don't fucking want to be the provider. Fuck that shit. That is too stressful for my nervous system. I don't want to do that. Right. That's not my vibe. I just want to cover my kids on the sofa at home. That's what I want to do anyway. So, and I love my job and I love working, but I, like, I love all of that actually. And not, but I love all of that. And I will continue to do that when I have a family and I never want it to be that that the fam- my family is relying on my income solely. It is too much pressure and it is too much stress and I don't want that on my shoulders. Um, and that's not to say that women can't have it on their shoulders. It's that most women, if they think about it deep down, they don't want it on their shoulders. Whereas for men, it's like exhilarating. It's like it drives you guys. It makes you want to work. It doesn't make me want to work. That kind of stress makes me freak out and just disassociate. Like that's the pattern for most women. And I see the same thing in my clients. So it was thrown around as a joke. And for me, and this is the case for a lot of women, I grew up in the classic family where my dad was the breadwinner. Mom, mom was a stay at home mom. She did a little bit of work on the side and now she has her own business and it's thriving. But when we were younger, stay at home. Um, I grew up in New York. So it was very like dad's the breadwinner. Mom takes us around all day. Dad comes home with like the presents. And it's so funny in New York, you see all the like the dads walking around with the American girl doll bags after a big day at the office and they take them home to their daughters. And I was daddy's little girl. So I'm also the eldest. So I had this perception that dad was better, that men are better, that um, if I want to be successful, and I've always had a lot of gumption, if I want to be successful, I have to be like dad. And what mom is doing is wrong, lame, and weak. So I created the perception that women are weak and men are better. So as like- did you create this perception? Um, was there any influence on the sense that m- mom being a stay-at-home caretaker was a weak thing? So I perceived it, and this is what I was what I always say: of it's not the reality. And I say this in my work: of mm. if you want to be a stay-at-home mom fucking amazing that does not make you not a girl boss and there's this whole girl boss thing right and it's like the rise of the girl boss can also be damaging for two reasons one what about the women that don't want to be a girl boss so what they're not awesome like no like being a mom is fucking awesome if that's what you want to do then good on you and if you don't want to do that that's also fucking fine and then what about the men that are being boy bosses or men bosses where's their praise of like a man like do you know what I mean there's just people always say there's a double standard where like men have it easier but there's actually double standards for women as well and so I it, I do not perceive a stay-at-home mom as being weak whatsoever but you can it's very easy to see how children can especially women can perceive because also like we idolize dad per se because the, you know you you generally crave the attention of the opposite sex parent and so it's very easy to see how I would idolize dad and I mm. wouldn't idolize mum because mm. also like it's human it's human nature right you want what you don't have so dad's always away he was always traveling and he would come home with presents all the time and so I would want to see dad more than I would want to see mum because mum's around all the time so it's super easy to see how you know because dad wasn't around all the time I wanted his love and attention more therefore I wanted to be like him more and the the whole striving to be like dad when I like 
was in my teenage years and like early, um, early, like, um, well, I'm still in my early adulthood, aren't I? But like 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, what, and 21 really was me trying to get dad's validation. That's what, it, that's what it was. It was the success wasn't about just the success. It was also about getting dad's validation. Um, and so, but also with mom, like she grew up where, um, her dad died when she was really young. And, um, she's the middle child, I think. And her mom is pricked. Like her mom was a single mom. So strong as fuck, but also very victim mode, like very victim mode. So that can even be passed down, obviously to me of like women and just like weak and soppy and always the fucking victim. And whether it is the case or not, it's just easy to see how as a kid, you're like, I don't want to be like that. And for example, mom, she's a cancer and not to put people in zodiac signs, but she is quite like she does really resonate with the cancer in terms of she's quite in touch with her emotions. She is like, she would cry more in TV shows than dad would. And I remember us as kids making fun of mom for crying. And that can, that perpetuates the women are weak, men are strong. And it's like, why, like, think about it. Why would you want to be weak? That's literally in biology. That is you die. So you don't want to be weak. You want to be strong because biologically your body knows then I will survive. And so because I was putting strength with dad, dad is the perception of the masculine. So it was like, right, well, men, and it wasn't like the healed masculine. So men are better than women. Now, obviously then you go through your teenage years and then men fuck you over and being in the Melbourne bubble in Australia, like there is some toxic shit that goes down with teenage boys and teenage girls. And so then you create the perception of, and it's all, they're obviously all in their wounded masculine as well. So they don't fucking know what they're doing and no shame on them whatsoever. We're all just fucking teenagers trying to figure out life, but it creates the perception that all men are bad. And then that becomes the story. And, you know, it's very common as well. When I was growing up and a lot of other people, you know, mom and dad would say one thing, men are, mom and dad would always say men only want one thing, right? A really classic example with my clients, with myself too, you'd come down in a tight dress and a short skirt and every girl fucking does this when they're a teenager. And dad would say like, go put something like cover yourself up. Like you're like that outfit is asking for one thing. And so it does create this reality in your mind, this story that men only want one thing. And then, and generally speaking, then they are also tied to that a douchebag. Right. And there are douchebag men out there and there's douchebag women. And that's why I always say like, yes, guys, there are dickhead men out there. And there are, there are fucking bitches too that are women. Like there are shit humans, full stop. <laughs> so that's kind of like how I got into it. And then one of my ex-boyfriends, I was getting into this work gently when we first started dating. I met him at like a Tony Robbins event. And that was like really my first kind of jump into the personal development world. And, um, he was super into the feminine and masculine, like very, very into it, but he wasn't really healed masculine, but he would love to think he was anyway. At the time I didn't know that at the time I was like, Oh, this guy's so masculine. Rah, rah, rah. Anyway. And we, one time we were having like, I, I triggered the fuck out of him and he triggered the fuck out of me. It was like, we were each other's just like triggers basically. And one time we were having like a disagreement or whatever, one day or one night or whatever it was, I don't know what it was. And he just says to me, you are such a fucking cold bitch. And I was like, and not, not in like an, I don't want to say like, Oh my God, he was abusive or anything. He wasn't. But, um, he just like, it was just like a moment for him. We'd been dating for it. Like we've been together for like quite a while and he just like, couldn't stand anymore that we would, that he, he was a cancer. So he was very like emotions and it's very like, um, 
he just wanted a very, very warm feminine woman. At that time, I was not warm and I was not feminine, like whatsoever. Like now I can, I could be with a cancer. Just I'm putting cancer in a box, but I don't normally like, don't put people in boxes, but just for sake of this argument, I wouldn't like back then, like a Sagittarius and a Cancer, it's like, fuck no. But now, because I'm so into this stuff and I'm so embodied in my feminine, I actually like, would I, would I be with the Cancer for the rest of my life if they were a really, like a real fucking Cancer? Probably not because we don't, I just don't mix that well with, I'm very, very fiery. However, I could definitely be more sensitive than I was back then. Like now I can be. Anyway, so when he said to me, you're such a cold fucking bitch, that moment for me was like, oh my God, I'm actually such a fucking bitch. Like I'm so cold. I wow. I think emotions are bad. I think weakness is bad. I hate being a woman. Like all I'm ever trying to do is like prove my strength and be cool and don't show any emotion and like all that kind of stuff. And um and yeah, and that was kind of the moment for me of like, this isn't a vibe, Monica. Like, you need to fucking fix this. So I obviously did fix it. And throughout all of this is when I also learned about all of the feminine and masculine. And I just also realized how shit women are towards men and how much we emasculate. And um, and now I can't even watch some movies because the emasculation is so bad. I don't know whether you've seen Midnight in Paris, but I was going to Paris with a guy that I was seeing and um we were going to Paris for the weekend so we watched that movie before we went and like I couldn't watch it like it was so horrible the emasculation that I had to turn it off because I could not stand it and it's it's so normal in a way these days of just like men almost just putting up with like oh she's just being a woman and it's like I don't know about you but like I would not put up with someone like shutting me down like that or making me feel less than like mm. that's just shitty behavior yeah, it's like Funny the family Monica. guys. Oh, oh, go ahead, Ruben. Go ahead. I just watched Midnight in Paris with Karina, my girlfriend, yeah. uh, about two weeks ago for the first time. And I was, I was like infuriated. Oh, I was raging. I was fucking raging. I like put on my Instagram story, like, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> right. I was like, I was like, why is he staying with this woman? Um, it was, it was just so bad. Um, so I love that you bring that up. And for yeah. those who haven't watched it, please do. And you see, yeah, watch you it. See you'll it. see, you'll see mm-hmm. it. Um, and I want to actually, you said something that really caught my like attention, which was um, with this man that you were with, your ex-boyfriend, you talked about he thought he was a healed masculine, mm-hmm. but he really wasn't. So I kind of wanted to, to dig and kind of see what that means for 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 men. Like, what is a healed masculine? How do we know if we are healed from your perspective, from all this stuff you've studied? Like, what does that look like when a man is fully healed in his masculine? So, one, I think, do you, did you have anything that you wanted to say as well, Jesse? And I can probably t- probably mush the two together no i just was uh, similarly going to acknowledge that yeah what our media does to men i yeah. call it family guy syndrome because okay. you just get a bunch of these family guy you know peter griffin characters yeah. where they're just kind of like out of it or don't mm. know what they're doing or their wife's always complaining or yeah. they're, they're they're overweight and they're they they're lethargic and lazy and stuff like that and, and yeah you just see a lot of that in yeah you do TV and movies today and so yeah. that's all okay cool so I firstly want to say that I and actually my followers love this I don't say that you need to date some like super spiritual dude that's like done all the fucking work and x y and z and any any guy that hasn't done that isn't enough for you because 
it's just fucking unrealistic to be honest. Like that's just like, it is unrealistic and you can't put that kind of pressure on your partner. Anyway, in terms of the healed masculine and the not healed and how it shows up, every guy is different. And I think the needs of every woman is different. And it's really important for women and also for men and vice versa, like vice versa, to honor, like what are the things that are necessities for you in the relationship where you know, I need these things from him or I need these things to be present in the relationship in order for me to be happy. And then what are like the, it's, it'd be great if they are and if they're not, like not a big deal. So in terms of like the healed masculine and the wound, I think the bottom line is even sometimes men will, sh- it's such a fucking complicated question to like answer, I guess, because even sometimes these days men will actually show up in their healed masculine. But if the woman is in her wounded wounded masculine, wounded feminine, just like being a fucking bitch, basically. Can we take a moment? I'm sorry. Can we take a moment to just uh, define what wounded and healed means for those who don't don't resonate with those terms? So I would say a wounded masculine man is a man that, and we also have to tie in like a little bit of the inner feminine here, but I'm just going to make a general, I'm just going to generalize this and people can like dig if they want to. So wounded masculine, it would be the, like the classic um, scenario of this case would be a guy that's really in his ego, where if a woman, for example, drew a boundary, it would just trigger the fuck out of him. And he'd be like, what an absolute bitch, like can't honor people's boundaries. He doesn't have his own boundaries, a lack of direction and determination. Now that doesn't mean if a guy doesn't have direction, oh my God, shame on him but there needs to be a desire for direction so even if a dude doesn't yet have direction but he's working on it to me that's healed masculine because he wants some direction a guy that's happy just like living in la la land and having no direction and no security that to me is just a, like that that would not be fulfilling him deep down anyway it'd be he'd be in the illusion that he's happy but he's not really fucking happy um another example would be like a guy that doesn't know how to hold the energy of the feminine now This is where that example per se, a lot of men, a lot of the average men don't know how to hold a very feminine embodied, a a woman that's really embodying their feminine energy. That to me does not mean fuck him. He's so wounded. That is it's society one. And two, that doesn't mean that he doesn't want to learn how to. It's just that he hasn't been taught how to, and you can help him in that. So it doesn't mean that like, you need to like fling him out the door. It's just like, that's something that he can work on. That's also something that you could work on as a woman of like showing him how to do that. Um, and like, cause there's two people in a fucking relationship. It's not all about you. And then other examples would also be that he doesn't know how to lead a woman. It's like always, but then, but then again, I also want to say, but so many men are afraid to lead because they're afraid that a woman will bite their fucking balls off or not bite their balls off. You never know, bite their head off, chop their balls off. Do you know what I mean? Like so many men, it's like chivalry, women say chivalry's gone out the window and it's like, well, actually chivalry hasn't gone out the window. We've pushed out the fucking window. So men aren't chivalrous anymore because they're worried they'll get a fucking lawsuit slapped on them if they hold open a door or if they're too um, like dominating in the relationship or if they choose the date and like what if the woman's not happy and then she goes off her fucking rocker. Or if the chivalry is inauthentic, meaning like it's coming from like a needy place and not from yeah. like, I'm doing this because this is who I am versus like, I'm doing this, please accept me, you know, type of yes. thing. Two yes. different energies. Right. So like other wounded masculine things would be like um, any mummy issues that aren't healed. So creating validation from women, um, any kind of like, um, 
uh, what would be another one? Like in the bedroom, for example, when it comes to sex, like not um, being able to like hold their own energy and being able to like take the lead in the bedroom, but also, you know, like he just needs to like have a, have fucking sex for five minutes and just, it's only about him getting off. That's like very egotistical. So that would be a wounded uh, masculine thing. But I also want to say in all of this wounded, and you could go on for fucking ever in all this wounded masculine stuff though, it doesn't mean that like, if any men are listening to this and they're like, shit, that's me. It does not mean they are bad or they are wrong. It's simply, we haven't been taught it. Like I wasn't taught when I was younger, how to like understand my cycle or how to love being a woman or how to, you know, how to draw boundaries. I wasn't taught that shit. I wasn't taught how to say no to men. I wasn't taught how to honor my sexuality. And so how else was I meant to learn it besides getting it from the media? And so men, it's the exact same thing. And so there's no shame. They're simply like, if you want to be better then fucking awesome. That's the first step. And that's the biggest fucking step being like, I'm going to do better. And that's, that, that's, like the biggest part of all is that that self um that self kind of recognition of I want to be a better man and I also want to put in there that you know if you're a really masculine man it still can be challenging to be embodied in that around a woman unless she is in her like healed feminine because you could be like a you could be wanting like for example my ex um like he in terms of taking the lead and like you know making the plans and x y and z he was like he nailed that shit right but I didn't know how to like really receive that and how to honor that so even though he was trying to do it I kept like just being a fucking cold bitch about it and it was really hard for him as well because I wasn't in my embodied feminine. So there is like a two-way street where if you're wanting to take the lead, you need a woman that knows how to receive. Otherwise, it will be very, very frustrating for you, if that makes sense. And a lot of women don't know how to receive. It's like they want a man that like, you know, takes the lead and like rah, rah, they all say like, we're all the good men. It's like, um, you don't know how to fucking receive. So they aren't coming to you, one. And two, like you fucking squash them. So... Like that's where they all are, like squashed. Do you know what I mean? So, for, for it's always a two way street. Dom asked me this 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 um, question one time in a podcast. Like, if you had to choose whether men or women did the work, who would you choose? And it's such a hard question to answer because it is both of us that need to do it. Um, but I would actually put the controversial opinion of women. If I would choose women to do more of the work, because naturally speaking you guys really, and like society is very masculine. So we've turned really masculine. You guys are kind of more on the okay side because you are masculine. Do you know what I mean? So like you're kind of okay, but women, we've lost all of our femininity. But if we all came back into our femininity into honoring that naturally, it would actually mm. help so much already. Do you know what I mean? Like, and well, there's a million sides to this argument. And like, I know the Susan's in well, this is good. This is good. But like, it's, it's a valid point there too. Hold on, but this is good because I I take sort of the opposite perspective, which okay, is, cool. I think that actually our our society has become very feminine, and that mm. a huge part of the issue is that men don't know what masculinity is. Men don't know how to live in their masculinity, uh, because what you're saying is sort of opposing thoughts. It's like yeah. men, it's it's healthy for men to be to lead. Um, uh, but at the same time, women need to do the work. And I actually think, I actually think on both sides, like men, like 
men in our, I think both sides are wounded. And I think it's because men don't know how to lead. And that's why we have poor leadership. And that's why um, uh, we have not created, and it's not, blame, I'm not blaming men, I'm not blaming women, but I think the way we're seeing women be in society now is because we have not create men have not created uh, a, a safe space for them to be feminine. Um, agreed. And, I like that. Yes. So agreed. And I want to add though, so if you were to say right now in modern times, like not before the feminist movement, right now in modern times, if all men did the work and women didn't, I would still be concerned because women have so much anger towards men. I think we both... I- I think Don't we both need work. to do the work. Oh, I think yeah. we both need to do the but, work. I, but I like this because we're, yeah. we're, hitting, we're hitting lots of points. Like yeah. a, a really big point of my work is, and, and just what I like, I'm preaching about and what I'm not preaching, but like talking about, um, is that women have so much anger towards men and the anger comes out in then we want to suppress men. Now, women are also suppressed in that our feminine is suppressed and we think that the only way to get anywhere in life is to be like a fucking bulldozer. Mm-hmm. That's what we think. And then it, and it, may, it exhausts our bodies. It fucks our hormones. All of, I mean, you look at women, just if you look at the physical side effects of this, like every second woman, in fact, pretty much every woman has some sort of hormonal issue. I mean, adrenal fatigue is just like, it's like, oh, hi, my name is Monica and I am adrenal fatigue. Like everyone has adrenal fatigue. It's like a middle fucking name at this point. Um, and, you know, so many women are infertile, struggling to fall pregnant. And yes, men have their health issues too. But like what we're not understanding is like, this isn't fucking normal. Like this mm-hmm. is not yeah, yeah. fucking normal. And, um, and a lot of women, me included, it's like we thought or I thought a lot of women think that the only way to be successful in our careers and in life and to get what we want is to be a fucking bulldozer and then this is so common they get to 30 something years old or 40 and they're like I have so much money I've climbed the ladder I've got my dream job and I am so fucking unhappy because I am my biological clock is like basically fucking up I do want kids. I haven't met the man of my dreams. And I come home every night. Cool, I may have made $10,000, $20,000 in a day, but I have no one to come home to. I go on holidays alone, maybe with my friends. All my friends around me have kids or whatever. And I have got what looks like to be this perfect life. And I'm so fucking miserable. And it breaks my heart because it's so many women. And women have not been able to give themselves the permission because society doesn't give ourselves the permission to be like, actually... I want to work part-time, raise a family. Yeah, I want to find a fucking man. Yeah, I want to get married or not get married. Yeah, I want to just fucking live in the mountains and do fucking nothing, whatever they want to do. There, it's, it's like saying that is wrong. It's like, oh, like you are so not modern. You're clearly not like a feminist or whatever. Like just like all that fucking bullshit. It's like the permission piece of you're only an amazing woman if you are a quote-unquote girl boss. And if you're not that, then like you're a bit lame and it's so damaging that's so funny because like when it comes to like uh the workforce so my partner and I'll just kind of like I can't speak for her but like from what I've seen her current job for instance is an all-women-led company and she's been working there for about two years and what I've noticed is that yes it's all women there's about three guys that maybe work for the organization it's a small company 
And from what I noticed, it's, it's extremely, probably more masculine than my company. And I, and I work at a bigger organization, but I also work for a nonprofit, which is definitely well known to be more, more women work for nonprofit. It's very compassionate work. Like you got to be like very, there's a lot of emotions in the air. Yeah. So I struggle with that because I try to be more in my masculine. I'm very leadership oriented. I'm very much like, go, 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 stop, stop being a victim. Like yeah. you pick yourself up, like keep it going. Like, you know, and my, Partner, on the other hand, is just like working all day, very busy, very in her masculine to the point that I can feel it. Like we'll be in the same space, obviously, because of COVID and I just feel it. And I'm like, ooh, like this is going to. And she doesn't, you know, like her issue is turning off that masculine after work versus me. Sometimes I have to step into the feminine. I'm talking to a young person. I work with a lot of young people and, and they're in their late teens. And I have to be compassionate. I have to like step into my feminine. Sometimes they're crying on the phones. I have to really yeah. be there for them. Yeah. And I've had to learn that because I'm very much like, stop crying. Like, <laughs> stop crying. <laughs> get up. Get to work. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I have And there's to a place up. for that too. There is yeah. a, place a place for, for that. that too. There is. 100%. I have to do it way more. And sometimes I'm still in that emotional space when I get off work and will clash because like, I can be dominating at times. I can be very, I can take, I take up a lot of space. Yeah. It's just how I've learned to become a yeah. man because I have to learn this. And it's difficult. So like where this is leading to is the question. And if you maybe have tips for mm -hmm. when it comes to relationships about like having to navigate being in one place or the other because of our jobs and being able to go back into our like, mm -hmm. you know, my masculine, her and her feminine, where she wants to be, she wants to be led. She's giving me that feedback. Yeah. I want to be, I want to be the leader. I want to be the one to to do all these things that we've been talking about. So like where, like Love how, it. when yeah. I work, it's just like, no, you have to be this way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like one, in terms of like women and then with, no matter who they're working for, you can do masculine roles, I believe, in a more feminine way. So like, for example, you could be sitting at your office desk in like, you know, between a million fuck hates. So let, let's do a couple examples. So you're working at home for a very, very, very masculine company. And all these women are like, really? We have to get so much shit done. But if you lit some candles, you had a cup of tea, you had some jazz music going on in the background and you're in some like comfy outfit or some sexy outfit, like you've added in some feminine elements that will just help you stay a little bit slower than if you didn't have that. So that's like one thing that you can be doing at home as women. Um, another thing is like, if you're working at, and I was saying this this morning on my, um, on my Instagram stories, you might've seen it. If you're working at a really male dominating, let's say ignore COVID, you're in an office and there's lots of men around you and you work as a woman, for example, and you think that you have to be super masculine all the time to like beat the boys you don't like you can actually be in your feminine and use that as your superpower. Like let men look at you. I was saying this this morning, like, yes, there's always a line, right? If like some, some dudes harassing you, like fuck off because that's just like shit human behavior. But just like if a woman was harassing a man, like fuck off. Um, but generally speaking, like people aren't harassing people. And if a man looks at you, that does not mean he wants to fuck your brains out. That just means he probably is just like, Oh, she looks nice today. Or like, you look good. Just like we, just like I look at dudes when they're fucking attractive. I look at chicks when they're attractive. When people are attractive and glowing, they're attractive and glowing, like full stop. It doesn't mean I want to get in their pants. Well, sometimes I do, but still. Um, <laughs> anyway, and so if you're a woman at work and you're around a lot of men, like 
actually use your femininity and like your sensuality, not in a manipulative way, but in a way where you can get more done, where men want to help you because they're not afraid. Key thing, they're not afraid. If I go into her office and help her, is this going to result in a lawsuit? Is me going into her office to help her? Is that going to make her think I'm asking for something else? And this is so important. Like it's women's responsibility as well to create a safe and work environment for men to also thrive. Oh, I'm doing a survey, actually. I will send it to you guys. It's an anonymous survey for men of asking these very thought-provoking questions. And like, and I would love for you guys to share it if that's okay. But I've done this um, survey a while ago and I've spoken to, you know, male friends about this. And one of my male um, friends, actually, um, he works really, really high corporate. And he said to me, like, honestly, Monica, sometimes I feel like I can't get my work done as well because I am so afraid of being too much, saying too much, something coming across the wrong way. And her and, and a woman in the office or a woman in the meeting room twisting it and then me getting slapped with a lawsuit. So sometimes I'm so afraid of being hit with a lawsuit that I, and it, and it hurts, it does hurt people's HR, FYI. Uh, HR, is that, yeah, HR. Um, I'm so afraid of getting hit with a lawsuit that I actually can't do my job as well because I can't be the full version of myself because I'm worried she's going to be like, oh my God, I was abused in the office. When it wasn't that she was abused, it was just like I needed to say something in a, rem- a meeting or I had to get a point across or whatever it was. And so it's also our responsibility as women to make men feel safe. And this is the key thing. It's our responsibility to have our boundaries, to speak up when our boundaries are getting crossed. And so many women, because we're not taught how to do this from a young age, we are taught to like, just like do whatever a man says and like, don't rock the boat, don't be an inconvenience. And that is something that like we as women need to work on a thousand percent. So what then happens is if a man does cross our boundary, so many women do not know how to speak up. And then that's where the problem occurs, where it goes too far. And then a lawsuit gets slapped in somebody's face. But what if more women felt comfortable to be like, hey, not acceptable behavior. And instead of taking it personally, they felt empowered in their feminine to be able to put their foot down. So like, that's just, I don't know where I was going with that, but that's like a workplace thing. Anyway, for the coming home, for the getting back into the masculine and feminine. So um, I go off on tangents, but but they're good. They're juicy. Um, so two things. So one idea is that if she's in her masculine, I love this, but every but everyone's like each to their own, depends on the woman. You can over-masculine her and over-dominate her. Now you'd have to be a bit aggressive about it, but I would fucking love that because I'm so fiery that like when a dude can over dominate my fire, it's like I am dropped into my fucking feminine straight away. Another thing that you can both be doing is that at the end of the workday, she goes and does five minutes or 10 minutes of something that gets her and her feminine. So examples would be like run a bath and you could run the bath for her. So that's like then you're in your masculine doing something for her and then she can receive it. It could be she puts her music on, she changes her outfits, has a shower, goes for a walk. Anything for five minutes is going to drop her back in. That's what she needs to do. Something that's going to like invoke pleasure, evoke pleasure in her body. Like she can't just sit and scroll Instagram. Like, and even if it, even if it's lies on the bed and stares at the ceiling for five minutes, amazing. She just has to drop back in and get out of her head. And then what you could be doing is you need stillness. So the masculine then needs stillness at the end of the day. So for you would be like, go do five minutes of breath work or go do five minutes of like push-ups or something. I don't know. Or like go sit in meditation for five minutes. And that would then get you back into that present of like the nothingness of just like being really like in your energy and feeling the energy in your body 
that would then get you and your masculine and bring the stillness back that you're needing. And she would then be able to bring the flow back that she's needing. And then the two of you would come back together. And what it also means is that transition is sacred as fuck because it means that you've left work at work for the day, especially with everyone working at home. And that's like, it's like this five minutes is like a line. It's, it's that moment that we're all missing at the moment between leaving the office and coming home. That's that moment that we're all missing right now. So if you can make that moment, it will be really amazing because then for both of you, it's like work's done. And that's like, you've, you've like energetically kind of made it obvious that like work is done. And then she gets to be your girlfriend and you get to be her boyfriend. And then the polarity is back and you're not in the office together, basically. Yeah. We've totally dropped that ball <laughs> because <Okay>. occasionally, <laughs> Your reminder. yeah, thank you. And you do work different hours. So unfortunately she works in New York hours. I work okay. the hours that I work here yeah. and we live in California. So, um, when I'm, when I'm still at work, she has three hours to kill. So it's, it's great. Cause I think that's a great time to kind of like dig, dip into the feminine. And then I can take my, after 5 PM, yeah. I can take my 10 to 15 minutes, which I usually do anyway. But the tendency is for some people in this house, the tendency is to scroll through Instagram and I try to like, be like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, Get away. But what can be even helpful that I sometimes do if I'm getting a little bit addicted and like, you know, when you like, you realize you get addicted when you hang up the phone and then you open Instagram and you're like, why am I opening Instagram? Like just put the fucking phone down, Monica. So that's when I will just like delete Instagram. And it doesn't mean that I like don't go on it for days. It literally will mean that I don't have it there for the next five hours or the next three hours. So I can't subconsciously click it. And it makes me realize in those three hours, how much I go to subconsciously click it. And it's almost just like, it's just that little bit of cutting, which allows me to kind of recalibrate for a hot second to realize like oh yeah let's just like not go on that for three hours and it kind of gives me like a little bit of a reset without doing a full like social detox thank you yeah i love that i love that there's a there's a a term i coined from one of my mentors called throning and it's this idea that like as a as a like you said as men we need stillness and so there's this thing and when you look at a king typically and I love this when I see this in movies or, or shows where the entire kingdom, let's say they're under siege and they're being attacked. Um, you see people scrambling, you see the warriors like rushing to the king. And, but the king, the whole time, even though there's these group of people that might kill them, they're chilling on their throne. They're in a, in a they yeah. exemplify stillness. And so this idea of throning is whether it's after work, whether it's, your mind's racing, going a million different ways that you, you you physically sit down and try to get as still as you possibly can. Love that. And I found that to be super impactful uh, for myself. And, and to bounce off of what you were just talking about as far as drawing, like I think it's a perfect segue in this of the example you used of drawing a bath uh, for a woman because you're doing and she's able to then do be in something that's feminine there's a really great quote uh, that I'd love for you to I would just love to hear your thoughts on it and what it means to you which is that uh, men need to rise to their masculinity and women need to relax into their femininity what does that quote mean to you and uh please okay I love that I love that that was just like that like that like hit me I was like oh hello um okay so so for me the the rise of the masculine is really also about um the fact that men 
and, and women and a woman and a feminine wants this, a man to be dominating, to be bigger, to be larger than the feminine because it allows the feminine to feel really safe. And I always talk about this. If you don't feel, as, as a woman, if you do not feel safe around men and around the masculine, you will absolutely not feel safe to be in your feminine. When I am around men, when my men, my, 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 my men friends, when my male friends phone me to check in on me or whatever, I feel so safe. And that is what allows me to be in my feminine. And so many women, they don't feel safe around men because of sexual trauma they haven't healed, because of ancestral trauma, because of just like fucking stories in their head, whatever it is. And so there's no way they're going to get into their feminine until they heal that. So as a feminine woman, we want men to rise and to be bigger and to be stronger and to be above us in a kind of, in a metaphor kind of way. We want them to be bigger and better and more amazing than us. Um, energetically that is right and then for women for a lot of women um I say coming like back or falling in or surrendering into your feminine because it's really about like when I imagine it it's like a woman's coming back into her body and into her core and like her core is feminine and for the way that I describe my work is that I'm not teaching you how to be feminine what I'm actually doing is I'm actually helping you get rid of all the layers of crap that you've put around you that have stopped you from being feminine. So when you're surrendering or falling into your feminine, you're not searching for something outside of you. You're not going into your feminine. You're not becoming feminine. You're like being reminded of it. It's like you're releasing all the shit that has stopped you from being feminine so that you can be feminine again. So I always imagine it like you're a big onion. Like imagine as a woman, you're an onion and all these shells, like the little core is your feminine self and all these shells and all these layers of the onion are like all the shit that you're carrying that's built this massive wall of armor around you. Generally, that wall of armor is like a yucky masculine energy that you're holding around you. And when you release all of that, that's how you come into your feminine. That's why I do so much. That's why I always say with my work, we're releasing, we're releasing, we're clearing, we're getting rid of. Because when you do that, you naturally come into your feminine. And it's it's unproductive and it's stupid to be like, oh, I have to add on like 50 things to my to-do list and then I'll be feminine. Like uh, that is not being feminine. Like fuck that, I don't have time for that shit. And I always say like, I'm not here to add shit to your to-do list. I'm here to help you get rid of the things that are stopping you from being in your natural state of being, in your natural core essence of the feminine. And then I feel like for men, actually, they've been so squashed that they need to rise and get out of that squashedness, if that makes sense. So it's like we've, we as women, we've gotten bigger in an in a anger, bitter kind of way of like a very fake like facade of like, fuck men, like we're better. So we seem like the bolder ones when actually at the end of the day, we don't want to be these massive, bold, destructive bulldozers. We want to be looked after. We want to be cherished. We want to be loved. And we can be, we can be thought provoking and groundbreaking and game changing for the world. And we can be soft and feminine and all that kind of stuff. And actually on this note, I first met Dom because we were both speaking at an event in New York ages ago. It was like, I don't know, maybe two years ago. I don't know. Anyway, I just had a ski accident and I'd flown to New York to do this talk. And I was standing in there. I was standing doing this talk in this like flowy red dress. And I did my talk and everything. And I'm naturally very, very fiery. But I 
came down and I was like talking to people or whatever at the back of the room and he came up to me and he was like, I just have to say you were the only woman. Like he said, firstly, it was so beautiful watching you talk because I remember this so clearly. You were the only woman on the panel that stayed in her feminine when you were talking. And it was so, um, what's the word? Like I was so drawn to you. I was so sucked into what you were saying. And I always get that feedback of like, you're fiery, Monica, but you're so captivating. Like you're so captivating. And it's because I stay in my feminine and I can be polarizing in terms of the content that I say. I can be thought-provoking and I can be triggering, but because I do it from my heart and from my feminine and from like this deep place of my soul, it's so, um, it's so like, uh, what's, what was the word that I used before? It sucks people in because the feminine is magnetism. The feminine is that magnet where all she has to do is be herself and people are just drawn to her. And that's the beauty of the feminine. And if, if women really understood that, we could be running amazing things in the world with no fucking effort because we're naturally, we just radiate naturally. We're naturally so captivating, but women don't understand this. So we think we have to do it in a masculine way. And it's very unproductive because we burn ourselves out and we're not even doing as good of a job that we could be doing if we were doing it in our feminines. That's a waste of fucking time. Yeah, I love that. And you also, <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna go back to something you said, which uh, you said it quickly. <laughs> I mean, you say all yeah. things quickly, but- Yeah, I do, I'm very fast. <laughs> apparently, apparently um, you speed my- podcast episodes up it's a full slur like you can't understand it <laughs> you slow me down I sound so drunk <laughs> yeah it's great oh, uh, but you said something that I feel like would be pretty triggering to a lot of people which is especially a lot of women which is um that we that women inherently want um uh men and I, I may not say exactly like you said but we want that women want men to, who are bigger than them, women yeah. that are more powerful, more have have more energy in that sense, energetic. Yeah. And it brings me back to this. Uh, I want to share the story, and then I want to hear more more about this. Which is, yeah. there's one time uh, me and my girlfriend were watching a, a Joe Rogan podcast, and I don't remember who was on the podcast. I wish I could remember, but I what I do remember is that the guy who was on it was a man who was on it, and he was kind of cocky. He was kind of mm -hmm. like in his shit you know yeah. and and my girlfriend kept talking shit about him she kept like mm -hmm. saying like oh who does he think he like kept like saying yeah, certain yeah. things but while she she was saying it I turned to her and I go yeah but you you want to fuck that guy don't you and 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 then she was like like she didn't say no she just like she was she like didn't I don't say know. no because like, she was like yeah. oh yeah. And so, and so, um, and I, I find that a lot that happens a lot, which is like, there's this inherent sense of resentment towards a man who's alpha or towards a man who's like really in his masculine. Uh, and, and I see that resentment show up as shit tests or as like poking, but then on, uh, on the flip side of it, it, there's a genuine attraction there. And so could you share a little bit about like, like what that is and what's going on there? So what just came through that I had to write down and didn't forget it is when you were saying that it came through very strong of we are denying ourselves the truth. Mm -hmm. And the feminist movement, now the feminist movement was created for equality, right? In terms of fair pay, women can work, women can vote. And obviously like, yes, I, I did a post, you guys probably saw it of like, let men be men, let women be women. And of course- oh, I was I gonna people, ask you about this. 
Okay, so I had some people. Now, I want to say I've also done some episodes. I've done an IGTV. This whole thing happened, and you can watch it on my IGTV if you want to know about it. Um, I've had a lot of sisterhood wounding, and I deal a lot with sisterhood wounding in terms of, like, just women being bitches to other women and tearing, like, women policing women. And, um, And it's just quite interesting. The bubble that I spent half of my adolescence in in Melbourne is quite a toxic bubble in in Melbourne. Now, not everybody that in the bubble is toxic because I was in the bubble, but there's a lot of toxicity there. And ever since I started my business, um, I just get so much shit from these girls from my school. And it's it's really not nice behavior, to be honest. And a couple other girls that have, you know, uh, gone outside the box of our little bubble that we all grew up in, get the same shit thrown at them. And it's just, it just says more about them. Anyway, beside the point point being is that <laughs> post where I got like quite a bit of shit for and I got a lot of positive feedback FYI but of course I got a bit of shit um uh two things one people take it out of context and then two two of the girls that were having a massive like session at me which I didn't really give two shits about they were actually from this bubble so I kind of like I don't really care about them because I'm like I know they're just trying to like just jealousy and whatever and like I'm not really phased about it however one of the girls was saying like, oh, so you're saying that because of this, like you don't agree with women having the right to vote from the 1970s. And I was just like, what? Like, I don't know where you got that from in my like message, but I did not fucking say that. So when I'm talking about how the feminist movement has fucked us or it's not helping our relationships or whatever, I'm talking not about why the feminist movement was created. It was created to get women the same rights as we should have. Like, we're both fucking humans. We both have brains. We can all fucking vote. We can all work. Like, obviously, right? So firstly, all those obvious equal rights, like, of course, we should all get the same, duh. And things that are still on in the world around, you know, different people not getting paid the right amount depending on their skin color or whatever. Again, fucking stupid. We should all be getting the same, same amount of money and X, Y, and Z. But separate to that whole argument, what has now become the problem is the feminist movement has gone overactive and it's not now about creating equality between men and women. It's now become a witch hunt towards men of <laughs> fuck men. And it pretty much, if you look at it now, not every woman but pretty much every woman that labels herself as a feminist Mm. and really labels it, she rips men down. There are a couple of women that I follow, one in particular on Instagram, and I'm not going to voice her name, but she was on The Bachelor in Australia and she is quite a hardcore feminist. And I've had to unfollow her a number of times. I now follow her because it gives me really good content and I just take it and I'm like, okay, how can we like learn from this for my audience? The shit that she says about men makes my fucking blood boil and it breaks my heart because she has a massive following and all these women are like, yeah, fuck men in response to what she's saying. And I'm like, and all these young women follow her because she does also post very empowering things towards women, which is great. And I love some of the stuff that she posts. But my my problem with all of this is that it's taught it's taught women to hate men and to ignore their truth. And our truth deep down is that we want to feel fucking safe and we want to let go. At the end mm. of the day, and I, at, the, at the end of the day, there is nothing that feels better for a woman than coming home and being able to know that a man has got everything in control. Why do you think women complain? Why do men never plan dates? Why don't men open the door? Why don't men buy flowers? Um, They're complaining because that victimhood is actually a desire. They're wanting men to do that, but they think that's also wrong at the same time. It's very confusing because society says that saying that means you're a weak woman, right? Mm -hmm. And that you're submissive, 
right? Is what, and it's like, well, actually being consciously submissive is completely different to being unconsciously submissive and lacking boundaries and being, that's a very wounded feminine, but like being, you know, submissive, like a lot of women, for example, and this is interesting, a lot of women that have high corporate, very masculine jobs are kinky as fuck and submissive as fuck in the bedroom. And why? It is because they are craving that so fucking badly and they don't know how to get it in everyday life and they only know how to get it in the bedroom. And so they're craving it in the bedroom. But the bottom line is like, is their heart satisfied in that? Probably not. Their pussy's fucking satisfied, but their heart's probably not satisfied in that. Because we like that's that's the issue. So the feminist movement was created for the equality. But I also, I, my argument with all of this as well is, can we really? Uh, uh, no, not even can we. My answer to this is, I don't think we are ever going to have equality between men and women because we are so fucking different. Hallelujah. We are so fucking different. I was just like, going to say this. Thank you. Like, Amen. I, we. I don't know why we are trying to get equality. We should yes. be trying to nail our differences. Like imagine, yes. this is my, oh my God, this is my like fucking dream. Imagine, the, and I want to do this in corporate workspaces because I just think it would be a fucking game changer. Yeah. Imagine if, and this, this takes women learning how to be in their feminine too. Imagine, and obviously not all corporate, I mean, Again, there's shit corporate, there's shit men, there's shit women, there's shit corporate um, places and there's good corporate places, right? Whatever. Imagine if in like in a workspace that had men and that had women, women were able to openly share, for example, about their cycles and men knew how to use women's cycles to make more money. That's not manipulation. That's fucking superpowers, basically. So they were able to say, oh, we had massive presentation. No, no, don't get get David to do the presentation. Get Monica. She's fucking ovulating on that day. She is going to nail that presentation, Mm. right? Or imagine if you were able to say like, oh, I'm in my luteal phase, like as a woman, I'm in my luteal phase that week and men knew, oh, she's not going to be able to communicate as well. Let's get her team member, Ellie. And people didn't take that fucking personally. They just took it as we get to use our superpowers. And imagine if women felt safe to like go up to their male work dude and be like, I cannot do this fucking Excel spreadsheet today. I'm fucked. Can we swap roles? And then being like, yeah, give me the spreadsheet. I don't want to do this editing of this document, whatever. Like, and they can go read that or whatever. Like, just imagine if we actually used men's strengths and we used women's strengths in the workplace, in our relationships, in our friendships, in everything. Like, it would just be more fun. Like, it would just be more fun. Like, for me to be able to, like, ring up a a, a man friend or my boyfriend or whatever it is and be like, toilet's broken, can you come over and fix it? Like, now, if I... Okay, I do not have this toilet, but if I needed to fix the toilet, I probably could learn how to do it, right, if I really needed to. But fuck that. That's not fun for me. Do you know what's fun? Watching him do it. And if we're not fun for him fixing it and then feeling like a man and I can and go like make a, that and then nurture him. And that feels so good to me. Yeah, and yeah. it feels so good to him. Like that is fun. That is, do you know how much easier life would be if we didn't try and make ourselves equal to everybody else, which is fucking impossible. But instead we all played to our strengths. Like, why is it we say, for example, hire the people in your team that are better at doing your job. Like if you're not good at graphic design, hire a graphic designer and we can do that for the same sex. Why can't we do that for the opposite sex? Why can't we say if a man's better at doing it, fucking make him do it. And if a woman's better at doing it, make her do it. Like if you're in the, like that to me just makes no logical sense. But the reason why it's happened, obviously, yeah. is because there is so much to like, that would just be, that would be so many women would be like, oh my God, the fucking patriarchy. And I'm like, actually, <laughs> it's just called like 
using our human strengths. Like we did it in the caveman days. Why can't we do it now? I don't want to go fucking hunt my own food. Fuck that shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, anyway, that's my whole argument with it. Of like, we have different brains. Like we, we literally have different fucking brains, different amounts of white and gray matter. So why are we trying to be the same? We don't, we don't try and make ourselves, we don't say adults should be the same as a three-year-old kid and, and their brains are fucking different. So why are we saying that women should be the same as men or that men should be the same as women? Yes, we all have equal rights because we are all fucking humans, but we don't need to be the same. And that's my TED talk at the end. All right, quick little mention. I just want to quickly jump in, guys, and remind you to join Be a Lover, Not a Mother or Queen Alchemy, whatever you feel like is best for you, whether you need to heal your feminine stuff or whether you just want to kind of have a little bit more of a beginner's option, which would be the Be a Lover, Not a Mother because Queen Alchemy is that really deep shit, but like the fucking best shit. Um, but for some of you, I know you're not quite there yet, whether it's financially or just mentally, but the emasculation program, Be a Lover, Not a Mother is a great place to start. So a little reminder to either be on the wait list for it if you're watching this um, and listening to this in real time or whether it's actually joining so that you can be here for the live rounds when I'm in Zermatt fucking vibe or whether it's to buy the program and it will all be already recorded for for you from the live round whatever it is the program is fucking amazing the content that we're going to be going over the vibes and the expansion that you're going to have around you the masculine and the feminine and really being able to receive from the masculine and empower them is life-changing not only for you but for the men in your life so make sure that you join now and we're going to jump back in I, yeah, I love it. Um, that example about the uh, men coming over to fix the toilet. It's like yeah. in the old days where they had the handkerchief and the girl would drop the handkerchief. The guy would come oh, over wait, what's and that? I don't up. know about this. Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, there used to be this old trick where, like, if a woman found a man attractive, this was, like, in earlier days. But, like, if a woman yeah. found a man attractive, she would drop her handkerchief. She would mm. drop it, and the man would come over and pick it up. Okay. And that would spark the the conversation. And, and it's... You know, she's not going, she's not coming up to him and being like, hey, you want to go on a date? Because that's too imposing on a man. Mm. Uh, instead, it's like, come do something for me and yeah. we can move from there. Yeah, yeah I love that. That's awesome. It's, it's really hard because like, I understand that a lot of companies, they're doing it from a good place. Like, let's say, for example, there's like a couple of workplace, a co-working spaces in New York, for example, female only. Now I, like, as an example, and like, that's not bad, but just like, as a, like a topic for discussion, as an example, I understand why they are doing it. I also understand, I mean, hell, I do so much trauma work with my clients. I understand that a lot of women don't feel safe around men. That's okay, but we need to heal your trauma so that you can feel safe around them. Like it's not, it's not normal. It's common, but it's not normal to hate men. It's not normal to feel unsafe around men or to feel like women need to have their own workplace in order to get shit done. And like, so there's a workplace, there's a couple of workplaces in New York, for example, and I understand why they have this women only thing, but I'm like, do you know how unfair that is to also men? Like, why Like, why do women get their own works? I don't know of any workspaces, correct me if I'm wrong, that are men only. Like, fuck women. women the world would go crazy, too. Like, exactly. It, well, you know what? If that happened, if that yeah. happened, it would get a fucking lawsuit coming out of its ear, like coming out of its ears, being like, oh my God, you're not included. And this is what I yeah, fucking yeah, hate. Yeah. It's these double standards of yeah, women yeah. can exclude men, but if men were to exclude women, 
there would be so much fucking strife. And a point on this is like, when it comes to men's empowerment, when it comes to talking about men and sex, when it comes to talking about just like masculinity in general, it's like, okay, so I can say all this shit because I'm a woman. But if a man was to say the exact same shit that I was to say- That's why we brought you on, you understand? Thank you, I know. That that is why I talk about this shit because I- I had a, I, when was it? A couple of weeks ago. Oh no, it was when I posted that let men be men, let women be women. And just like, I just got so much, I got, oh, I got a lot of love for it. Like I said, but I had to get a lot of like shit for it. And I just, I don't like when people twist my words because I'm like, oh my God, Susan, like I didn't write that. Like, why are you, I've seen this thing on Instagram, which is so funny. And it's like, it's like social media these days. I love mangoes. And then someone's like, oh my God, so you hate pineapples. You hate apples. Oh my God, you're like, you're discriminating. And it's like, uh, no, I said, I like mangoes or whatever it is. And I'm like, sometimes I feel like I'm like that. As in like, I will say something, people will absolutely twist my words and make assumptions. And the whole problem that we're having these days is the assumption making, right? Based on the color of your skin, there's an assumption. Based on whether you went to uni, there's an assumption. And it's just, and it's just like, oh, like where you live, that's an assumption about you. And it's people constantly like making, like putting in their own two cents. And it's because of their own shit and their own story and their own outlook of the world. And if a man came on and said this shit, he would get ripped into shreds. And I was having this moment when I had this like, put this Instagram thing going, like going down. And it doesn't affect me that much, but I'm also human. It affects me a little bit. And I was talking to my CMO and I was just having a moment to be honest of like, oh my God, like, you know, should we keep talking about this stuff? Like, is it going to backfire? Like, I, like I, and I actually realized this thing, this fear in my subconscious of like, I cannot fucking imagine those people that have like a million followers on Instagram and the shit they get for, and that, and they get so, they get like, I don't know if you follow Danielle Bernstein, but like, I won't go into her full, full, um, her whole thing, but there was an incident where she did nothing wrong. She was getting death threats. People were rocking up at her house and she wasn't talking about let men be men, let women be women. So sometimes I get a little bit scared of like, mm. oh my God. But I had, but I also had this moment of like, one, well, all the men are on my side. It's like, I have all the fucking protection. And <laughs> two, I was like, and two, I was like, I actually can't not talk about this because I feel like it's my fucking duty as part of my job to talk about this shit. Because if I don't do it, like, people won't do it because it's so polarizing and men can't talk about this shit because you guys would get a fucking like you would get like destroyed as a human being whereas I can talk about it because I'm a woman and that is fucked and this is the problem like this is the problem of how fucked up it is that because you guys are men you're not allowed to talk about this but because I'm a woman I'm allowed to stand up for you guys and I just think that's like that's just so fucking wrong yeah yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, to be fair to those people, I, I also understand them in the sense that, you know, what we're talking about, I, me personally, I hadn't always had these views. Um, oh, no. Old me uh, would have been like, who the fuck is this bitch? Like, yeah, exactly, I get exactly. it. Old me would have been like, this chick's so wrong or hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And it's the sense, you know, at least for, for me, it was the sense of responsibility that I was not looking forward to taking mm. on in the sense mm. that like, yeah, because when you, when you acknowledge that these are the real, these are the realities of how it works, yeah. then at least from the man's side, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. well, there's a lot of things I now have to change about myself to, to, un- to understand that. And, um, exactly. and uh, we're, 
Well, actually, I'll let Ruben go. I know he's got a few more questions. I realized I didn't finish the. And, uh, sorry, I realized I didn't finish the fucking question. Classic me, go on a million tangents. So, answering your question, Jesse, about <laughs> the alpha male and why women want that or whatever. So, my my whole thing was like, we're we're uh, denying ourselves the truth, and the truth is that generally speaking, like our nervous systems for women, we do have more fragile nervous systems. And yes, there are studies on it. We do have more fragile nervous systems. And so when we are around like masculine energy, we feel really safe. Now, obviously a bigger dude that really has a lot of confidence makes us feel quite safe. And that leadership, even if it's a bit cocky, there is a part of us that fucking loves it because we're just going to get bossed around. And that feels so good to our bodies because we constantly live day to day where we have to make all of our own decisions. We have to decide all day and for someone else to boss us around. I mean, I say all the time, like, yes, sir, boss, tell me whatever the fuck you want to like, tell me whatever. And I will do it because it is so nice for me not have to think like it is like, I will not argue at all. If someone made a whole plan for the day, even if I don't want to do something, I'd be like, you know, what? I'm going to give a fuck because as long as, as long as of course, no boundaries are being crossed, I wouldn't give a fuck because I spend all day in my business. I mean, I, I now hire, like I've hired a COO because I am sick of making fucking decisions. I don't want to do it anymore. It's exhausting. It puts all my energy in my head. And so if some big fucking like kind of cocky dude wanted to just come and sweep me off my feet and tell me everything to do. And just like, and I knew that I was going to be looked after and no one was going to be able to touch me and I was going to be provided for, and he was going to be really protective and really possessive. That to me is fucking sexy because my feminine energy is like, so not stressed. My nervous system would not feel stressed whatsoever. And that is what all of us as women are like craving to not be stressed and to be in that full surrender. And that's why women will say, we love it when a man texts us being like this place, this time, wear this outfit. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like literally it is the best thing ever because I don't have to think about it. I love that. Um, someday I'm thinking a bit of a right turn, but kind of staying with the same, uh, we were talking about corporate. You mentioned a few things about the workspace. I know I started that conversation and it's funny because like part of my job is training, you know, 40 plus like young people to be ready for the workspace. And something that I've noticed, and I've talked to Jesse about this, it's come up on the podcast before, um, but something I've noticed is that uh, more men join because more men are unsuccessful in the college environment. Women are more successful in the college environment. Yeah, That's fascinating all the time. Every time they tell me, the men are like, I quit college and the women are like, I just wanted to take a break and I start. I did this because I want to work. But I noticed, and I told Jesse this, that the women are extremely successful in this in this program that I work in. Extremely successful. They kill it all the time. But the men have a horrendous time a lot of the time. A lot of the time they need the most coaching. A lot of the time they just don't know what what is going on. But the women just get it like this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if it's a superpower. I'm, I'm like fascinated yes. by it. Um, so uh, recently in this, when I moved and I got promoted and moved to California um, to work here, I started a men's group because I'm like, we, we need a men's group. I need to support our young men in being successful in this program. Yeah. And one time a woman came, came, like spoke up and was just like, why, it, why can't women be invited? Oh, Jesus and, Christ. And I work for a very, very liberal organization, very much equality. They're really into all this stuff. 
And a lot of things I disagree with them, but I keep my mouth shut because I don't want to get fired <laughs> or have an HR thing, as you already talked about. Yep. So like, I was like, well, you know, like there is a women's group, there's a women's empowerment group already. So yeah. there's that. And yeah. there's, there's no men's group. So like me creating this space for men to like, you know, talk about these things, to see like what is there, like what's holding you back? Like, why can't you step into your masculine? And giving them a little preview into what masculinity is. I, spread, I share tons of books with them. I give them a free book, The Way of the Superior Man. Not sure oh, if you talk about it. Yeah. yeah, Dom is a big fan of it. I'm also a big fan of it. But I'm always amazed at why the women are so much more successful than the men in this organization. I have the data to back it up. Why is that? Like when it comes to that, and I, I would love to hear your opinion on that. Like yeah, why do you I... Yeah, I've been seeing that quite, I've been seeing that quite a bit in studies. It's actually interesting. I was reading a study the other day of that women, and I need to like, I want to dive into, it's a concept that I want to do, like do all the the research on and then like bring out and write a podcast or an article about it. But it's interesting as well, because a lot of, there was was a study being done, basically saying women have more rights than ever, and they are the most unhappiest they've ever been. So a couple of sides of the argument. One, I mean, women are very, like naturally we are very fucking smart. Um, And we do have, and this is where it's like, wouldn't it be beautiful? Like women are natural born leaders as well. We are healers. We are leaders. We are captivating. We are mothers. Like we, we are fucking amazing, right? Now that doesn't mean men are just, we are really amazing. And um, I think is like this combination of one, we are very smart and we do have, we do have this gumption as well. I also think, and I think it, it definitely comes from also this like mother energy within us of like, you know, protecting our kids. We do whatever we need for our kids, X, Y, and Z, that if we want something, we will go after it. And it's like this magical part of us where it's like almost this rebel side of us. It's like, fuck anyone that says no, because we want this. And um, and it could be a little bit from like suppression in the past that we've kind of carried through. But I think more than anything, it's passion for life. It's passion for life and it's desire for what we want. And so we work hard because we really can feel a goal in our heart per se. And you know, I will also say that a lot of women that go to uni are very, very in their masculine. And so it's like, if I, and it's, and it can be a bit of a backfire thing, which is what I did. I mean, I started my bachelor of business marketing and it was for plan B to please dad is what it was for. Um, and like, if I have a business degree, then I'm all protected and sorted in X, Y, and Z. So a lot of women will also go to uni because they're like, I need this for security. And there is more of a need for that. If that makes sense of like, our bodies, we need more security than men because men naturally feel stronger and safer than what women feel just because of biology, our hormones, everything, right? The fact that like we hold babies, men don't, so many different factors to it. So when women go to uni, for example, or when we put our mind to something, it's like a lot of women will do it because they're fucking talented at it, talented at it, and their heart wants that desire. And it'd also be a split of other women being like, I need this in order to succeed. I need this 
for a lot of the time, daddy's validation. I need this in order to get a successful job so I can prove everybody wrong, so I can be a fucking girl boss, so I can get everything that I want, X, Y, and Z. And it can be, um, you know, I think for a lot of, I think it's a split of like some women do it from love and like love for their, what they want to do. And then other women do it from um, a little bit of like anger or a bitterness about like, I need this um, in order to like prove dad wrong or prove somebody wrong or that kind of yucky energy, if that makes sense. Men, I think also these days, there isn't the same amount of empowerment for them as there are for women. There isn't as much support. Why do you think the fucking men's suicide rate is higher than women? Like if men are struggling, most of them can't phone their friends and be like, oh my God, dude, I had the worst day. Like I just need to like talk this out. No, whereas women, you pick up the phone, babe, less shit. And then they talk, they have, they have more of the support where that's not as um, accepted, I guess, in society for men. So when men are struggling, they will wait till they hit rock bottom until they do something. So if a man, for example, if he's struggling with his mental health, which can be a lot of men also, I will say with the mental health thing, they have fucking huge shoes to fill. That like, as in like dad pressure, pressure of like, I've got to be a good enough man. I'm not good enough. What's the pressure from dad, the pressure from society, the pressure from myself. So many of my male clients, their fear is a fear of failure. And that fear becomes so um, paralyzing that it means they do fucking nothing. And it, because they don't, they're so afraid of failing. They're so afraid of letting down dad subconsciously that they do nothing. So what can then happen is this pressure becomes so much for men that the general spiral and everyone's different, obviously the general, the general kind of pathway would be, we feel the pressure. It's a lot. Okay. I'm going to start uni. Like I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. Then the pressure builds and builds, throw some alcohol in there. Great recipe for a bit of depression. Then maybe they have some social issues, girls issues, girls start rejecting them or, you know, one girl rejects them and that's brought up a rejection from a girl when he was 16. That then, you know, oh, but don't show your emotions, men, because that makes you weak. So then they have to bottle that shit up and they got to keep to themselves, be strong, be strong, but they're actually so unhappy on the inside. And that just keeps going where they're like, they feel helpless. They feel alone as fuck. Why would someone have any drive or any determination to do anything when they feel alone as fuck? I mean, I say this even like with me being homesick because I'm like stuck in London because of like all this COVID stuff. Um, when I'm feeling really homesick, I don't want to sit and do a pile of work. I want to lie in bed. I don't want to do anything. When you're feeling alone or lonely, it doesn't mean that you are alone. You can feel lonely and be around a million people. But when you're feeling like helpless or stuck or trapped in your life, there is no determination in there. There is no drive. There is no like, I'm going to crush it at uni. No, it's like, fuck it. I don't give a shit. That's the energy of it. And so, so many men are struggling with their emotional and mental and spiritual well-being that as a result, they drop out of uni, not because they want to, but because they can't keep up with the fucking workload. And so they struggle. Whereas women, like either we push through, we desire it enough, or we have the support to deal with our emotional issues and then keep going with uni. So yeah. I would say like those are possibly some sides of the argument and the reasons. Yeah, I would also say, I think a lot of men are probably, in having experienced this myself, a lot of men are probably definitely jaded because it's like, well, what's, where's my place in this world? You know, mm. where, what is it, where do I get to go and be a man? Yeah. If everything yeah. I do is, is, is everyone can do it. It's all equal. You know, everyone gets to play. Um, yeah. 
and baby and men are demonized. Not, yeah, like, and they may not even consciously think that. They may not even consciously think that. You know, that may not be an actual thought in their head uh, yeah. until it is. But the sense of like, well, what is what is the point? And like you're saying, like for better or for worse, maybe there is a level of like, oh, like being a woman, you know, being in university, going towards something like I am making history. I'm redefining mm-hmm. the narrative. The assumption is that they're redefining the narrative of what it means to be a woman in exactly. the world. Whereas a man, it's like, well, what else is new? Like business as usual. You're just doing the yeah. same old fucking thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, the point that you made about the subconscious is really important because a lot of men don't even know when they're not happy. And it's interesting because I will be able to pick it up in the men in my life. I'm like, is everything okay? And they're like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, you're not fine. They don't even know it, but I can pick it up because I'm quite intuitive as well. And then the second thing is a lot of women don't know that they're emasculating men or they don't even know they think the feminine is weak until generally I trigger the fuck out of them and they're firstly like, fuck this bitch. And they're like, wait, shit, she has a point. So, and that was me as well. Like, I didn't know that I thought all of that kind of stuff until I was really confronted with my shit when I started the work where, I, where it broke my heart of how I rejected all of my little girl's desires because I thought they were wrong and weak. Like, for example, um, I remember this when I was doing some, like, when, when I started doing the work on myself. Of My favorite color when I was little was pink, right? I was such a girly girl. But my, I realized this, like, when I was doing it, my sister, who's younger than me, I'm the eldest, she was quite a tomboy. Now, when I was an adolescent, like when I was like, I don't know, like, I don't know, probably like 10 or something. No, it would have been older than that, like maybe 15. Um, and like, I started getting into those teen years where like, I wanted to be liked by the boys, X, Y, and Z. My sister was always the cool one cause she, in the family because she was the tomboy. I was girly, hated spiders, hated like being outside, all that kind of stuff. And it was always, oh my God, Monica's a princess. And it was like shamed on for being girly. And Annabelle was chill and cool and the easy one. And obviously, like, you want to be the easy one. So it was like, oh, I need to be more like that and being like, this is wrong. When I was really little and my favorite color was pink, I actually remembered changing it. And I would tell people other colors, but it would always change because I didn't have another favorite color. My favorite color was pink, but I would tell people like, oh, blue or like purple or orange but they weren't my favorite colors. It was that I thought pink was too girly and being a girl was wrong. And this was such subconscious shit that only came up when I started doing the work. And so many women and so many men don't even realize that they're internalizing these things about being a man or being a woman or, or they internalize shit about women and we internalize shit about men. And so even if you're sitting here thinking like, Oh, this doesn't really apply to me. Like I'm totally fine. Guaranteed. You're not fine. Like guaranteed you actually have some serious subconscious shit around your own gender and then the opposite gender that it would serve you so deeply to work on. And like the only word that I can describe it and that all my clients describe it as is like, it's freeing. Like you finally feel that inner peace and it's so freeing because you can interact with the opposite sex without taking shit internally, without creating a narrative for you. You can do the same thing with the same thing with yourself. Like I was saying this morning on my Instagram story about catcalling and about like, just like I was kind of going down the catcalling train of like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like how do you like quote unquote deal with it? And one of my, and obviously there's always a line, always a fucking line, but generally I'm like, take it as a fucking compliment. And when you, when you, when you shame the man, you're actually shaming yourself and it's an energy drain for you. It's not an energy drain for him. He doesn't give a shit. It's an energy drain for you when you're like, oh my God, what a fucking asshole. Instead of being like, thanks. And being like, 
I'm almost looking pretty fucking spunky today. Amazing. Oh my God, I said spunky. Sorry, my, my mom says spunky to things. <laughs> she calls me All spunky. Right. Um, anyway, so I'm almost looking like pretty fucking amazing today. And I've said this a couple of times and the amount of women that are like, oh my God, this is so true. And even people are applying to my story today of like, I said this a while ago and quite a few girls have put it on their Instagram story when they've done it or a girl replied today to my story and she was like, I heard you say this before a while ago and it is so much more freeing to walk down the street and actually take it as a confidence boost than shame the man for doing it. Cause I no longer take it as like, I'm wrong or that I should wear a longer skirt or whatever. I'm like, thanks. And I move on with my day. And like, just imagine living life where you don't internalize shit all the time. Like it is so much better to be living like that. And we could all do the favor of like working on healing our shit with the opposite sex. Cause we all hold so much shit towards the opposite gender. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, okay, I wanted to take a little bit of a turn here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wanted to give a trigger warning because okay. this is a touchy subject. Uh, I think the whole uh, podcast needs a trigger warning. Yeah, this whole podcast yes. will have a yeah. trigger warning. Okay. Uh, but uh, this part specifically, um, okay. and I'm talking at my edge here because this this is something that I am... I don't have a full grasp around. I haven't done too, I haven't done a lot of research. This is just intuitively things that I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about um, the world of non-binary and gender spectrum. And yeah, you you seem really comfortable there, Monica. Um, um, And so what I, what I specifically wanted to talk about, and again, I want to preface this by saying that like, I think all people can I support people in expressing themselves however they want however they feel uh, wearing whatever they want talking like however they want um, feeling like whatever they want Um, uh, however when you do when you have um, an ideology that you want to share with others then it open up, it opens up room for scrutiny it open it opens up room for dialogue because you're imposing an idea onto another idea so therefore there's dialogue and so what i specifically wanted to talk about actually um, is well one i love that you had a res- that you had a physical response so i want to know what that's about uh, and two what i specifically wanted to get into was um, do you believe uh, children uh, should have the freedom to decide what gender they are? Is it important for parents to set boundaries with children and educate them on the beauty and privilege they have for the gender they were born in? Or do they have uh, absolute agency? Um, I know I said a lot, so feel free to take that where you will. Okay, so first thing I want to say, guys, can this possibly be cut if it goes down the wrong angle? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Okay, that's the first thing. So this is obviously a very touchy subject and Mm -hmm. people have made the assumption you have no gay friends, you've got no friends, you don't, like, again, the assumptions. And that's just not the the truth of it all. I don't need to get, I don't need, I don't owe anybody an explanation of my personal life and who's in it and who's not. But the first thing is don't put me in a bubble of, like, perfection. Mm -hmm. Um. I've had this discussion with a lot of my friends. And again, there is no judgment for anybody that is non-binary, that is 
whatever they choose to be, right? I love all people no matter what. My concern, and this is one side of the argument, and I am so open to discussion here, my concern is that, how do I phrase this? Um, <laughs> it's muddy waters. We are all speaking it's, at it. It's edge muddy here, waters, so. but it's, it, it is thought-provoking. And, and, and I, I think a lot of people, to be honest, a lot of people will go, she's so wrong. And that's her. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm saying this is one side of the possible argument that I don't think people are talking about, to be honest, because everyone's too afraid to be politically correct. Um, like it's very interesting even when I'll pitch to magazines and like they have to be too politically correct so they won't talk about this shit because it's not not this topic but just like the masculine and feminine. So I've talked about some of my friends before and I I think that there is an element and I've, I actually saw it in my second cousin's daughter that there is an element of too much freedom around these things and it's not serving kids in the right way. And I think it's, I think there's an element, not a hundred percent, there is an element of it's trendy to be non-binary or to be gay or to be into women or whatever it is. Just like polyamorous has become a little bit trendy. And I think that it is making people feel some people that are straight or that are female or male and identify as female or male or that want to be in a monogamous relationship and makes them feel weird, less than, not trendy, not modern, like we're behind the times. Now, I first, I really saw this. It was kind of in my mind for a while, but I really saw this where now I firstly want to say as well, I've heard, I've heard older people have discussions about this at like the Christmas table or at dinner tables or next to me in restaurants. And I'm like, that's disgusting for you to say that. So there's always a line. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was living in New York and I saw my second cousin's daughter and I hadn't seen her since she was a really little baby. And I rock up and I was like, Oh my God, you're such a big girl. And she was like, no, I'm a boy. And or something like that. And it broke my heart because the way that she said, it, and she said something else and I can't remember, or like I'm as strong as a boy or something or other. Basically what she said was I'm like a boy and being a boy is better. That was what I got from her. And that was kind of what she was trying to say of like, no, like I'm a boy too or something or other like that. And it broke me a little bit because I'm like, I feel like a lot of kids internalize that being a boy is better. Um, And that's still kind of happening, right? And because there is possibly more freedom and more acceptance around non-binary and X, Y, and Z at the moment, it makes me wonder, are kids, like some people are obviously like they're born and they feel like they're not in the right body 100%, but are some kids... Are their stories, are their narratives, are their beliefs influencing them too much where if they healed their shit, they wouldn't be thinking the same thing. Even a very, like, it's not the exact same thing, but just like as a kind of example, a lot of women will get breast implants and then they come to see me and they're like, holy fuck, I wish I never got these. 
because they finally love themselves as they are deep in their feminine core and they're like, oh my God, I, I actually like don't want these anymore and now I hate that I have them. And so it just, I, I, some, it sometimes raises the question in my mind of if I was to get a like non-binary woman or, or I guess it's not a woman or a man, like a, a person and then they healed their stuff, would they then not want to be non-binary anymore, for example? Mm -hmm. And I also sometimes think... Well, I've had the... I've had the... Similar to what you're saying about your your second cousin's daughter, I've had the similar experience where I spoke with someone who identified as as Mm -hmm. non-binary. They had a male body. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I heard them express there because you know I'm I'm open and I could talk to anyone so I asked them I was like can we have a conversation about this like why did you decide to do this how'd you move forward on this and when they went on to describe their experience they basically said that like as a child like in this it showed up in their body but even as a child they said that you know I was never um I never had the characteristics of what was traditionally considered a man and so mm-hmm. I just decided, and I didn't, I didn't identify as a woman. So I just decided to play neither roles. And that mm-hmm. to me was also like, well, uh, you know, there is an assumption that whatever the tr- traditional understanding of what a man is, is right. the only way you can approach being a man. Yeah. And that instead of facing that, um, facing that pain or trying to understand the pain or trying to understand what's going on there, it's almost like well, I'm just not going to play this game. Like yeah. whatever the game this is, I'm going to go play it. I'm going to go play a different game mm-hmm. um, and have cognitive dissonance. And so, yeah, uh, yeah I totally resonate with what, with what you're saying there as well. Because even one of my clients heard, it was a while ago, she came to me also quite concerned about her daughter. She knew her daughter was really unhappy um, at school and X, Y, and Z. And her daughter was kind of going down the path of like, you know, I want to change. I want to be a man. And it was quite confronting for her mom, obviously, because her mom's like, I don't think this is her truth. Like, I'm really worried about her. Mm. And like, I love her. I love her, obviously, no matter what. I love my children. But like, I don't think this is, I have goosebumps. Like, I don't think this is actually what she wanted. And like, I think I'm going to fucking cry. Like, I feel like this is so many women of like, they think that being a man is better and that being a woman like isn't okay. And anyway, and it's just like, they feel like they're going to get more love or more validation or more success or whatever if they're like a man. Mm. And like, and even, and so many women, it's like, if I'm one of the boys, I get more attention from men. I get more love. I get more this. And, and, and while some people like, yes, that might be the case. Like they may actually want to be a man, for example, and that's the case, or they may want to be non-binary. Um, it raises a question of like, why can't you be a woman and have, have male traits? Like, why can't you be a woman and kick a fucking soccer ball? Why can't you be a woman and go shoot guns? If you want to go fucking shoot guns, like a man, like, just like what you were saying, why can't you be a man and do like quote unquote womanly things? It's like, we're putting certain things into boxes when they don't have to be like, if you could be a man and you're like, but you know, like, I just feel like I'm more in touch with my emotions, for example. So therefore like I should be non-binary. It's like, uh, maybe, you're just more in touch with your emotions, you know? And I, and and so, I feel like society hasn't done that favor for us because like you just said, it's like, this is a man, this is a woman, but like, it's like, I feel like there's just, it's just so um, 
subjective because you could be in a work environment and then you could have, you'd be more in your masculine technically, but then you could be in a home environment and you'd be more in your feminine. And so I'm just kind of like, we could experience all of those things and still be satisfied in our gender and on a spiritual side of things. And I don't want to, I don't want to be spiritually bypassing anything. I'm so not that person. I fucking hate spiritual bypass. It drives me up the wall. But I also am like, I personally don't think that on the spiritual side of things, you would have been born into the wrong body. And that's Mm. just a, that's one aspect of it, whether it's a lesson that you have to learn, whether it's your, you know, journey that you're going on. And now some people, I'm not saying that your experience is wrong. Anyone's experience is wrong. It's not what I'm saying. Everyone's experience is valid. It's just like another side of like, something to look at. Like I'm just trying to like hit a few angles. It's just a conversation. Um, It's just a conversation. conversation. There's there's no right or wrong to this, but that's kind of what I see. And like, as you guys could tell, I got a bit upset by that, by by that, but like, yes, it just kind of breaks my heart. The amount of women and men and men that don't feel like their experience is okay based on society's expectations. And I mean, it's everything we've been talking about, right? All of what we're talking about, I feel contributes to that is that yeah. we don't understand how we're supposed to uh, play in this in this game of life as That's why I'm just like, being... fuck society. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so uh, one, uh, you know, I don't want to stay on this topic too long, but yeah. one thing I, 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 I'm so curious to, to know from your perspective is I, I personally 100% agree with what you're saying is in the sense of like, why can't you um, – do all the things you want to do and be and act however you want to act and, and express yourself however you want to act and be o- completely okay with saying you're a man, saying you're a woman. There's the argument uh, that, uh, well, uh, gen- like the the argument that your the body you're born in is not your gender. It's your you're either male or female. So it's just like the body type is male or female. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but your gender expression is you express yourself as a man or express yourself as a woman. Do you think um, it's important or I'm not going to pre-qualify. What are your thoughts on the notion of uh, if there needs to be a sense of, uh, how do I put this? that that it's important that there are clear guidelines uh to surrounding manhood and clear guidelines to surrounding womanhood and that uh is do things get wonky when you start saying well depending on how i feel therefore i am a man depending on how i feel therefore i am a woman does that start to distort those who don't necessarily identify with that narrative so my argument always, so I don't think people should be in boxes. I don't think there should be clear guidelines on what a woman is or what a man mm-hmm. is. Like, fuck mm-hmm. that. My thing always is just like, let yourself be you. Even the whole, like, my Instagram post about let men be men, let women be women. All that was, was just do you and let mm-hmm. your friends and let your loved ones do them. So if you're born into a male body or a, let's just use male body. If you're born into a male body, but you're like, but my gender, what do you say? My gender is female. Gender I mean, I, expression. Yeah, gender expression. Well, to me, that's confusing because I'm like, do you, I think, I think that just, I think what people are trying to say is like, I feel more feminine. Right. Right. Okay. So that's the way then, I interpret it at least. Yeah. Right. Okay. So if we're, using, if we're going with that, then like, okay, so then you're not 
to me, I'm like, okay, then that doesn't sound like you're then saying I express myself as a woman. That to me sounds like you're saying I feel more myself when I am more in my feminine qualities. Mm. Okay, that's fine because there are some women in a female body that actually have a masculine core. There's about 10% of the population. So they are the women where they really actually feel nourished to be in control and to be leading the relationship and to be X, Y, and Z. Now, a lot of women think that's them. I think that was me and it's not. So but there are women like that. And those women are then in the relationships where the man prefers to surrender and not like submissive, like, oh my God, she's just angry all the time. So I've given up kind of how a lot of dynamics are at the moment. Not like that. Like he truly wants to surrender and she truly wants to dominate. Mm -hmm. To me, that would just be people need to feel, or I, I would, I want to give people permission. Not even people need to, people can do whatever the fuck they want. I want to give permission for the men that feel like they're more feminine to be more feminine. That's fine because there are women that will feel more masculine. And it's then about, and a lot of women, a lot of women think they're that, but they're like a 10% of them are like actually truly. And that's fine. Um, because those people will find each other and they'll still have polarity in the relationship. Like that's the key thing. And I, and I, and I think that maybe, maybe even the non-binary thing, I honestly, I haven't looked into it a great deal, but this is what I've just like, this is what I've been thinking about What I have conversations with my friends that have, we are very, very open, like heated discussions, but good ones and like very thought provoking. And, um, and I feel like it's because a lot of people maybe don't understand, like, oh, I can be in a male body, but, like, I actually can be the feminine one in a relationship, for example, and be in a male body. Um, and and then like, there's shame like, around that too, right? It's not accepted. Like, that's not... And that's the problem yeah. because then that's fucking society of, like, a yeah. man has to be this way and any other way is not okay. And But so what, is accepted, what is accepted yeah. is I'm non-binary. You're not going right. to let me be a man and be feminine... Uh, so I'll just be with the other thing that's the same thing, but you're exactly. you're saying it's okay for me to do that. Exactly. Anyway, and so, I mean, we could just go on this forever, but my point really <laughs> is, my point really is, is that, is that I, hold on, what's my point? My point is that it breaks my heart when people just feel like they can't be their true selves. Mm. That's my mm. point. And what I... I'm hoping for people to be able to achieve is to then find happiness in their truest self-expression. And that you will find that when you've cleared all your stories and your bullshit. And a lot of people, they act from their stories and their upbringing and their narratives in their head. And that concerns me then because then the question is, is that the person's truth or is it their story? So for example, that client, her daughter is, and that saying, I want a sex change, is that, and I'm not saying this, but I know that's different to non-binary, but just like for the topic of conversation, um, is that her truth or is that because she believes the world is a better place when I'm a man? And mm. that's what's heartbreaking mm. for me because I never wanted a sex change when I was in my masculine, but I definitely believed that like being a man was better and easier, like I was saying before. And now that this stuff is so accepted in society, it's easier. And my question mark over that is, does that mean that more people are able to jump into that category for want of a better word 
because they think that's how they're going to be happy. And it's kind of like a bypassing their true process they need to go through. Does that make any sense? It's so, it's a hard topic, but it's it a hard it's topic. A good one. It's a hard topic to, to talk about. It's a new, you know, it's a new, yeah. it's, an, it's a new idea. It's a very triggering idea. So I'm just yeah. happy that you were open to, to go in there. And yeah, and I think, I think we all, the, we, we all agree. And just to reiterate is that we want people to do, to do what they want. You know, we want That's people the bottom to be, line. but I, if it's I, really, I want happy. we want people to be happy. And, and we also recognize that like, um, when there is an idea that is being pushed onto culture, it can have negative side effects. And so Correct. those conversations need to be had as well. And, and I don't think there's a lot of them being had, especially amongst young people. Um, and so I think it's, wonderful that we can get together and have this conversation like this entire yeah. conversation yeah um, yeah uh, so to, to jump off of that um you know one of my last questions that i want to i want to ask is you brought something up earlier um because you know on you know ruben and i and a lot of the people we listen to i think there's a lot of conversation around male mentorship there's a lot of conversation around men need mentors in their life. Men need strong father figures to um, understand how they can go from boyhood to manhood. And without that, without that, uh, there grows resentment. There grows the you know shadow shadow masculinity. All these things. And you you said something which was interesting, which was like because of the way your mother showed up in your life as a child, uh, you grew this resentment towards womanhood. Um, uh, so I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are, are for mothers um, who have daughters um, and are dealing with similar things and also trying to navigate this world. Yeah. How can women show up for their daughters? How can women show up for younger girls to help them feel confident and comfortable in womanhood uh, and all the things that we discussed today. Okay. They have to do their own work. Like this was the key thing. So my, I'm the eldest, like I've said. So my sister, it's beautiful because she's had the influence of myself and my mum having done the work. So her perception of her period, her perception of the, of the feminine and everything is completely different to what mine was. Cause we have a bit of, we've got like not a huge age gap. I'm 23 and she is 18, but like enough of an age gap that like she was still a teenager when I'd gotten into this work. And my mom has done like two of my programs. She said she's hella, hella into it as well. And what that, and my mom, my sister still lives at home. So what that means is that my sister's on one of my programs as well is that because my mom became embodied and um, and feeling really safe to be in her feminine, to let my dad lead more, to learn how not to emasculate, to, you know, um, to be more in her sensuality, to dance around the kitchen, to let go more, to have more fun, X, Y, and Z. It then obviously plays on to my sister, then also being like, I get to do that too. Then obviously she saw me. So that also helped the equation. And like, this, I want to firstly preface, you are going to fuck your kids out no matter what you do. Like <laughs> this conscious parenting, I'm a perfect parent. My kid's going to be, you know, fucking Buddha bullshit is super annoying because it doesn't matter how perfect you are as a parent, your kids will perceive things incorrectly. That's all it was for me. My mom was fucking awesome. 
like amazing. There was nothing wrong, right? Well, like we all have our wounding, right? But they didn't do anything wrong. And this, and I sometimes really like that my family, when I was growing up, was a quote unquote perfect family because I still had so much shit. And it was it's so easy. I thought I had nothing wrong with me because I had a quote unquote perfect family. And it wasn't until I did the work that I was like, holy shit, I have so much trauma. I have so much shit to deal with. And I think a lot of people think, but my parents is all together. Like I grew up, like we didn't have money issues. Like I'm fine. And like, you are fine, but you're not amazing because you still had wounding no matter what. And if a woman does, like if a, if her, if a mom does the work on herself to heal her shit. And she shows up in this embodied, beautiful feminine woman where she, you know, her husband comes or a partner comes through the door and she kisses him or whether, whether she's the feminine, even if, even if it's the same sex relationship and she's the feminine and her girlfriend, for example, her wife is the masculine, it's still the same thing. If she shows up as this like, um, really embodied feminine goddess queen where she's excited to see her partner when she walks in the door she's nurturing she's caring but she draws the boundaries you can just tell by her radiance she's unafraid to be embodied in her sexuality she she has dealt with her body image issues all that kind of stuff um it will create a completely different dynamic because you would look at her and you'd be like hot damn I want to be like my mum that's Mm. that's how you would then look at her and I mean it doesn't mean that you wouldn't look at your dad, for example, and be like, I want to be like dad. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is if you if you as a mum were really embodied in yourself, it would totally influence your daughters. And I've seen this in my clients where I do plenty of work with mums and the way that it influences their children is fucking profound because their daughters and their sons, like it changes the dynamic between the mum and the kids as well. And it's really important not only for their daughters, but for their sons, because a lot of mum, a lot of mums parent their sons with shame and they don't know this, but it's like, oh, why didn't you do this? Why don't you clean your room? Why don't you clean up after yourself? And that shame for men doesn't make them want to rise and be better men. It makes them feel smaller. Whereas women, if you said to your friends as a woman, or if you said to your daughter, why do you clean up after yourself? Women are like, oh shit. And we then fix it. We do a better job next time, but it's quite different for men. And so even for women to understand as moms, you don't want to shame your parent him a little bit differently. Even my clients as moms understanding that totally changes the dynamic with their sons. But for your kids to be able to see when your husband or your partner walks in the door and you soften and you become radiant and you welcome, like you welcome your partner into your arms and you're all, you know, you surrender around your husband or your partner and, and you don't emasculate him, all that kind of stuff. It then shows men are safe. Men are amazing. Look how mom, look how happy mom is when she's around dad instead mm. of dad's a burden and mum always always biting her head off and dad never does anything right because I see mum emasculating. So therefore dad's not doing the right shit, which creates a dynamic of dad's wrong, mum's right. Mm. It just creates a much more beautiful, harmonious relationship. And women then see that as like, this is what I, like a girl, little girls and say, this is what I want. And like, nobody could look at a radiant feminine woman, a child or an adult and be like, I don't want to be like that. Like mm. a, a, the radiance of the feminine is so captivating and so magnetizing mm. that even a child would be like, I want to be like that. And mm. so for mums and it's, I love it when I have clients that are pregnant because I'm like from the get go of you giving birth, 
your daughter, like you've healed so much of your shit, your daughter, I have goosebumps, is going to be like she has the epitome of this beautiful embodied feminine woman and her dad, if it's like a, if it's a heterosexual relationship, her dad is the masculine. And like, even for so many of my female clients, then like the whole dynamic in their relationship changes when they drop into their feminine and like their partner's taking more of the lead, looking after them more. And so they feel safer in their bodies as a woman. So the baby feels safer because dad's around energetically and actually physically. And so the whole experience for the child is different as well. And that really comes from a woman being in her feminine and feeling really safe in that. It's so crazy that you bring that up, Monica. I just finished reading a book on fatherhood. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't plan on being a father anytime soon, but it's my plan in the next five years. Well, me and my partner's plan. And how you just explained it. So the book, it celebrates both animals and humans Uh in terms of families. Uh And the best fathers out there are wolves. um, And the best mothers are actually wolves as well. Mm-hmm. And the way you explain it is exactly how a wolf pack is. Really? Didn't <laughs> like, yeah, even know so that. Like, there you go. So right, you know yeah. <laughs> So I'm, I'm a big fanatic about wolves. I've talked about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I think we can learn so much from the, uh, from them. And it's so funny how the, the ma- you know, the alpha male will be into his masculine, protect the family, you know, hunt for the family, do everything necessary. He's purpose-driven versus the woman who will stay in the den, take care of them, you know, um, nurture them and do the things that they have to do. And it's naturally built into them. So like what you just said, like it's naturally built into us if we decide to take on that role as a masculine man and a feminine woman and all these things. I I think it's just beautiful that, you you know, we're, it's like a mass remembering. And you said something earlier that I wrote down. And I was like, it's like we're reminding ourselves. It's like, it oh, is. It's coming home. It it's like our truth. It is. It's remembering. Right. And, and you know what's so funny when you say that? So many of my clients, like everyone will say, you know what? Like some part of me knows this. Like some part mm-hmm. of me deep down mm-hmm. knows everything that you're saying. And, and like I'm remembering myself. That's what it feels like. Whenever someone says, like, when I, I remember the moment when I finally felt in my feminine and I felt like I came home, it was this feeling of like so much peace and so much like, oh, in my body. And it was so nourishing. And that's why I always describe the feminine as nourishing because it feels like a big warm hug and it's so nourishing to our bodies. And even on the note of like the alpha male and the feminine kind of being in the den and looking after everyone and whatnot, I... I know for myself that I will very likely still work when I'm a mom and I'm, and I, I never kind of say like, Oh, you shouldn't. But I also know that deep down for women, it's important that we honor that part of us that wants to do that. Now I'm not saying then you have to be a stay at home mom by any means, but it's honoring that and not, and also not trying to juggle a million things. So I've been quite open with like, when I have kids, like I have no problem in like hiring help and doing all of those things as well, because I want to be a present mum where I'm not resenting my kids when I'm with them. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, you guys are so fucking annoying. I need to go do work. I will make sure that my business is like, I set up as possible. And I know that not everyone's in that situation, but I will make sure that I can do as much as I can with that, but I'm not burning myself out. And then I also want to be an amazing lover. So Mm. I'm sorry, but I am not going to be spending my days cleaning if I need nap time so that I can then be a good lover to my partner or to my husband. 
Do you know what I mean? And like a lot of women, they feel like they have to take on everything themselves and that having a nanny or having a babysitter or having a cleaner or a housekeeper is like something to be ashamed, like shame, uh, something to feel shame about because like I should be able to do it all myself and fuck that. Like, and this is kind of where like the modern me comes in and like, fuck that. I am not doing all that myself. And there is no shame in like, like, cause also I want to be that really like caring. I want to just like cuddle with my kids and be that like female wolf, right? Like you were saying, and I can't do that if I'm trying to be a businesswoman, a mom, a lover and a fucking cleaner and like a grocery shopper and a gardener and, and, and like a driver and everything else that you need to be. So I think it's also, it's in, it's an invitation for like couples to also be like, okay, we both want to be our best selves in this. Raising a family is a lot of work. So how can we make sure that we can be the best parents? We can stay being the best lovers to each other. We can keep running our business X, Y, and Z. And like, can we make sure that we can afford to have help where we feel like it's in alignment for us? Where can we, where can we get help so that we can continue to be like that amazing kind of um, version of ourselves? Yeah. And I think the, what you're saying is important for people to hear, which is like, we live, yes, we live in a new world where there's Mm -hmm. more options and more opportunities. Yeah. And, uh, but the important thing is that you navigate that with awareness. Like it's all acceptable if it's, if it's all acceptable, not that because this is the new norm that all these things get pushed to the side and that it's old conditioning and it's Mm -hmm. whatever narratives you want to put around it. It's like, can we accept both realities and see where we lean more towards? And if we lean more towards one way, can we uh, navigate how to make it work while acknowledging that these are all, all of these things are important. The issue comes in, obviously, when you don't, when you don't acknowledge one right. way or the other, and then it shows up as resentment or all the other things. To talk exactly. About. And the resentment is what kills relationships. And there is no right way to do like the parenthood thing, for example, with like women and men and whatnot. And I think it's really important that everyone allows themselves to have their own reality for that. So I know some of my friends that are pregnant, they just want to be a stay at home mom at this point and just like do that. And then like, I know other women that want to be able to juggle both. And that's all welcome. The bottom line always for women is like, what will feel the most nourishing to them? Mm-hmm. And like, I know, for example, like I cannot wait to be a mom. I mean, I'm getting a puppy just so that I can be a fucking mom earlier. Like that's how badly I want to be a mom. But I know that I love being a businesswoman so much. And I love having my own company that I could never let that go. So how can I make sure that I can do both without like rejecting either of that plus like my marriage or whatever it is at the time? like plus that side of things and I and I just as the last note I just want to like in relationships I see it I see it way too often unfortunately the resentment is the killer and resentment is so um easy to get in there and it's easy to bury and then it explodes and you can't reverse that shit once it's gotten to a point most of the time um and so it's really important that for couples that they're like open about like what they want to do with like kids or relationships or responsibilities or X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think it's really fucking important that couples kind of take out that pressure of like, Oh, if we have a nanny, then we're bad parents or X, Y, and Z. Because I always think like, okay, like 
yes, I know the bonding, for example, I know like when the kids are young and they're screaming and like when the baby's young and it's screaming at 2am, I know the bonding is important, but I also know that I'm the crankiest bitch when I'm tired and me getting up all the time to feed the baby, for example, would only make me become resentful towards myself and not like, for example, this is like, this is just an, like an example. Um, I know that I would get resentful at myself for not hiring someone else to do it sometimes like a night nurse or whatever. And then I would also get full resentful at my partner because I'm like, fuck you. Why don't you have to do this shit? And so it's really important to like honor your own things in you basically so that you're not projecting your shit onto somebody else, especially as a woman, because like, obviously we're the moms, we have to do a lot more because like we're the ones feeding the babies. Like there's a lot of bonding. Like we fucking gave birth X, Y, and Z. So really making sure as a woman, like what do you need from your partner? So there is no resentment. So there is no fuck you. I gave birth to this kid, do whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like that kind of common thing of like, we're the victim because we get to give birth. So it's super important that as a woman, you know, what do I need from my partner? Whether it's a female partner or a male partner, what do I need from my partner so that I can make sure that in this making of a family, for example, there is no resentment that I've done quote unquote more because I've said this before, although women like say I've done more, I pushed a baby out, I grew it in my belly. Like, yes, well, big fucking shit. Men also do a lot. Like they're also working every day. For example, they're also making, they also have a lot of stress on their back of like, I need to make a lot of money to be able to put my kids in a good school or raise my kids or I, you know, there's that constant pressure and stress. And I, and I just want to remind women of like, men have their own stress too. Men have their own pressures. Men have their own responsibilities in the family. And I think because a lot of it goes quote unquote unseen, like they're not growing a big belly for nine months that we forget about it, but it's fucking there. And I've talked to men about it before and like, it's there and it's a lot of pressure on them of like, I've got to make enough money. Like I've got, I've got to raise this family. I've got to raise a kid. I've got to start saving for a kid because we're talking about kids and, and it's a lot of pressure for them. And like I was saying at the beginning, I don't want that pressure. I'd much rather push a baby out of my vagina than have that pressure. (laughs) So just like a reminder to women to also honor that like men are doing their piece of the equation. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you really enjoyed this episode. If you are a woman listening to this, please send it to a, if you feel called, of course, please send it to one of your male friends or to your boyfriend or anyone that's in your life that's a man. Um, Just because it's so empowering, this episode for men, and it just will make them feel really seen and really heard for a lot of the parts that I talk about, um, which is a blessing for them. So, and just really nice, because wouldn't it be nice if you were feeling really disempowered, would, how nice would it be for a man to kind of send you something that, sh- that showed like, we love women and their feminine, for example. Um, it's really healing for them. Really, really healing. So if you can pay it forward by sending it to someone that you love, a male person in your life that you love, and also a girlfriend that you love, maybe, um, that could also benefit from hearing this, then please do. And as usual, I'm so grateful for all of your amazing reviews that you guys leave me. If you haven't written one, I'd be really grateful. You just gotta scroll down and click click the like on the iTunes app on your phone. Just click um write a review and then you can write one. Um, I'd be really, really grateful. So thank you guys. Please share it on your Instagram stories and tag me so I can reshare it um and so that i can say thank you to you because i do appreciate all of the support that you guys continuously give me have an amazing day and do not forget to join be a lover not a mother 
Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you got lots of chicken nuggets out of today's episode. I would be really, really grateful if you'd be able to leave me a review and a star rating that you think is appropriate, hopefully five. And if you could share this podcast so that I can help more women live a life of flow and ease, I would be so fucking grateful. Make sure you tag me in it on Instagram so I can personally thank you because I know so many of my clients have found me literally because their friends have posted about my podcast on their Instagram story. And I just want to help as many women as possible. So by you sharing it, I would be so fucking grateful. And I'm sure your friends would be too. If you do want to welcome me, please do check out my website for all those details. And of course, you can DM me on Instagram with any other questions. If you have any podcast things you want me to talk about, any ideas, any feedback, I am always open to it. And I always love hearing what you guys have to say. So please don't hesitate about that either. I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are. 